Ethical disclaimer. While Diana and I are psychologists, we aren't your psychologists. Reverse psychology is not a replacement for therapy. If you're interested in speaking with a therapist, please check out some of the links in our episode description. Now, on with the show. A giant muscular dog, and he has a smaller little dog. He, he speaking of which, no, I was in the house, but mm. he is fucking jacked. This is really boring. We're warming up. Did you see my comment about the what? Would, what did the guy misspell in our um in the letter where he threatened to sue us? I think he misspelled slander. Well, no, he didn't misspell slander. He he misspointed to. He misspoke. He said slander instead of libel. Yeah. Let's um let's welcome people in and then we can talk about oh, no. how we're getting sued. Okay, hi, hey, welcome everybody. It what? is. Do you want to say something else? I was just gonna say welcome. Oh, but I didn't want to ruin your flow, but I did. By my flow, do you mean my rap? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, this rapping. is Reverse Psychology, the podcast. Yeah. Let's get it pumped up. This is the Reverse Psychology podcast. We're the a comedy reverse psychology, psychology podcast. podcast. We finish each other's breakfasts. Yeah, sometimes. Because you don't always finish your breakfast. Coffee. I know. I just pour your, yours out. I know. All the time. I can't. I cannot drink a full cup of coffee. <laughs> you know you can't. I know. You take a couple sips. You put it down. You leave it. And then... I'm in a dilemma where I either dump it out or then I say, are you done with this? And then it always comes off like I'm an asshole. I'm Dr. Diana. Hi. I'm a licensed psychologist. That's cool. Board certified behavior analyst. Uh-huh. Coffee drinker. Sometimes. Kind of. I am a, a coffee drinker. A, an amateur coffee drinker. Ha- half cup coffee drinker. Yeah. But you're a, a full cup pourer, half cup drinker. <laughs> I need one of those um, things that you plug in that keeps your coffee warm. You, you just need to drink out like, of espresso cups. I have a baby mouth and it's hard to get all my liquid in <laughs> it just dripples over your you face you know i can't drink a lot of liquid at one time no that's what that's why i fall in love with you that's why i never could do a beer bong we didn't we didn't call them beer bongs in college what did you call it funnel no you didn't yeah. no, it, who wants to funnel are you serious uh-huh. i was in upstate new york thing. who wants to funnel yeah what did all the sorority girls who decorated them call them we didn't have sororities that's a lie all right, they also who are call you? Funnels. I'm Dr. Mike. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist. I am an ex ex beer bong drinker um, and current uh, recovering from the sniffles. How do you feel about my dad listening to last week's episode? Mixed. I'm uh, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm bummed about the content, but I'm happy that he knows that his dog no, didn't no, care. No, 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 la 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 la. <laughs> so, Please don't say that. I didn't. I don't like that at all well you asked the question how do you feel about your dad hearing the last episode sick to my stomach still um no i mean i told him i give him a fair warning yeah i don't think he thought it was funny <laughs> oh no i don't see any episode of this him funny I, I don't see him enjoying this podcast it's funny because he's a funny person he is but our humor senses are different yeah, he's from true. a different era he is he's in his 80s he is. He has the he has the, the the sense of humor of an old Jewish man, though. I don't know what that means, but okay. Just like s- stories and like hand motions. Yeah, meandering. He has a lot of stories. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of last week's episode, just wanted to clarify really quick. I am not. I can't because I listened to it and I was like, "What do I keep meaning by it doesn't exist?" Last week was what about. What did you mean? Dissociative identity disorder, previously known as multiple personality disorder. Mm-hmm. And if you made it all the way through to the end, I think Mike summed it up really well. But if yeah, you didn't... I waited till minute 
49. If you didn't, um, I'll say that I believe, and I think there's science to back up the idea of obviously dissociation, perhaps a disorder that includes dissociation, which I think we might talk about Mm -hmm. today. Um, But the whole idea of DID or multiple personalities in the way that it's portrayed, like sensationalized in the media and like movies and kind of this idea that we have about it. Mm-hmm. I think that that's what's not yes. true. I saw 20, maybe 30 seconds of that uh, split. Oh, It was mm-hmm. on TV. The only scene I watched was, um, what's what's that guy's name? Not John McEnroe, but I want to say his name John McEnroe. <laughs> the tennis player? No, not the tennis. It was uh, it's the actor who was in... Ashton Kutcher. No, no, no. He was in the... Steve Buscemi. Uh, X-Men movies. Lost me. X-Men cast. His name is... Donald Glover. James McAvoy. Oh, that was close to the first thing you said. Johnny McAvoy, yeah. So he's in it and he's being like, they're flashing a light in his eyes and then he'll like go to a different altar. He's like, I'm little Greta now. And like, flash, flash, flash. And he's like, don't do that. I'm a bodybuilder now. And it's... And Casey was like, oh, that was a good movie. And we left. But it made me think of the episode because I was like, this part isn't real. Your friend Casey? Casey wasn't real. It was me alone. Your friend Casey that shit the bed last time you guys went on a vacation together? Mm-hmm. Did he shit the bed this time? No, but it sounded like he was. <laughs> yeah. My best friend Casey, who I love dearly, also didn't wear a CPAP machine, so he was snoring. And the snoring was only... It would sometimes stop in the middle of the night and then... It would be restarted by a loud wet fart. <laughs> like snore, oh. snore, snore, blissful silence. <laughs> snore, snore, snore. I was like, this may be the point in our, our lives where we get two rooms. Casey is also a medical doctor, so he should know better. Yeah. All right. So we have some reviews. We do. We promised some reviews last week. Good thing we waited because we got one more. We got flooded with reviews. <laughs> no, we have we have three reviews to go over. Yep. I'm going to go to the Facebook one because I don't have my phone with me. Okay. I don't know how to get the Apple ones. Do you have your phone with you? Yeah. Do you have the podcast app from Apple? Yeah. You can just pull it up from there. Okay. Let me do that. Okay. You do that. Beep, bubble, beep, beep. Remember that? 1-800-Collect commercial? Uh, no. David Spade? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to... Because they know that we are going <laughs> to... What? I just... Um, I just laughed at the... Um, Ox... Scott Ox, Ackerman's? Yeah, but... it It's definitely not Scott Ackerman, mm-hmm. but it's Oxkerman. Mm-hmm. Oxkerman. Have us take a little bit of water. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I feel like you go all day really well hydrated and not eating nuts and then right before the podcast you flip those two around i just ate a mouthful of peanuts Uh, um so uh, oxkerman said i heard you well we already read this one a while ago but made me laugh um i heard you give a shout out to my boy bob duca the other day five more stars (laughs) yeah he just deleted his old review and posted a new (laughs) one made me laugh since i'm looking at both the facebooks i'll do one facebook you'll do the itunes and then i'll like skim okay KDSJ22. Okay. You can go first. <laughs> that's what you said. Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. Brittany says, one of my favorite podcasts. Thank you, Brittany Rose. 
I'm going to click on your profile and see what you're all about. Okay. Are you done? That was that was one. Two, that's it. I'll go. You you go. Then I go. KDSJ22 says, love everything about this podcast and its hosts. Aww. Heart. I like Thanks. that. We love you too. KDJ22. Brittany is a social worker. Aww. And a proud cat mama. Aww. Did I tell you that I took a picture of a cat, a cat house today? <laughs> I, a cat house is an, an, another name for a brothel. Is that what you're talking no, about? No, no, no. It was when I was coming back from my run. There was a really cute house on our, not on our street, but like a block away. It had it was a white. The house was painted white, so it was like. But there were seven black cats in front of it. Oh, I know exactly what that house is. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? It has like a really cool colored door. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And I took a picture, and I was like standing there with my phone out, and the owner opened the door. And I go, oh, sorry, I was taking a picture. And she goes, nope. And she closed the door a little bit. And she goes, go ahead. Aww. And I was like, well, it's okay. Like, because she was coming out to feed the cats. And I was like, they're just so cute. She's like, yeah, everyone takes pictures of this house. I was like, oh, yeah, it's so cute. There's so many little cute. black cats. Yeah. I went for a run early one morning past that house. And I like turned onto that street. And all those cats were in a circle in the road <laughs> under, a, under a street light. And I like stopped abruptly because that's a jarring sight. And then they all turned and looked at me and then they <laughs> scattered. So like I interrupted a cat meeting. Oh, that was really cute. Anyways. Yeah. So the last review from Mark, it's a longie. And we yeah, do the highlights. Highlight one. He's not a psychologist, but he refers to us as his friends, which is sweet. Mm, he's thanks. our friend too. Uh, he's interested in psychology for self-improvement. And he, he, he loves the podcast. He's fascinated with therapy and trying to make it more effective and he's looking for answers and he has a lot of really cool ideas of things that we should be talking about and we're probably gonna steal from a lot of them and there will become topics and so then he says whilst mike and diana are therapists they're not his therapist mm -hmm. which is true that's what the beginning says mm -hmm. and he says it's legally true but practically he's not so sure because he gets a nice dopamine hit every time Aww. he puts on his airpods nice product placement and go for a run and then he laughs he learns he challenges himself thing and he says thanks no thank you mark we're, we're glad we're glad you're here in the world. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Should we give some legal news? No, I don't want to talk about that. Oh, okay. We, yeah. can, we can put him on blast. We can wield about it too much. We can wield the power of our podcast. <laughs> put that dude on blast. Although, if we do put him on blast, his email will be accurate and it will be slander, not just libel. Yeah, that's funny. Okay. Oh, good. <laughs> Tell the, it's the a bummer. It's just such a bummer of a story. I don't even want to talk about in a, it. In a nutshell, because I've already been talking about. It, I want to call this out. We wrote an accurate, but unfavorable review of a place mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then the owner direct contacted us saying he was going to sue us unless, unless we deleted it mm -hmm. and so we we can't be bullied we're, we cannot. we're impervious to it so we emailed them <laughs> we emailed them back politely correcting all the spelling errors in his email and that's and reminded him that if it's in print it's libel so we didn't slander him we, we made now him we did now we did but we didn't say what it is yeah we're not gonna we're not going to we wrote a strongly worded email we that did. was informed by some legal folks that yeah. we know and love he was assuming we don't have lawyer friends yeah you, you have to be careful mm. when you send emails like that though because like <laughs> fact we have two lawyer you friends never know i don't know whatever i'm done yeah. talking about it i mean we haven't heard back from him all right well we might be getting a what do you call it what uh, just, what what happens when you get sued someone show up at your door with like what's the thing with like oh you're getting a subpoena or a process server yeah and like you've you, been served they like come as like a pizza delivery person oh i hope that happens and then you open it up and you eat the pizza and then underneath the cheese but on top of the crust is <laughs> the legal papers huh. and you can't read them because they're stained with sauce <laughs> 
Also, it's like, how long have you been at that pizza place that you cooked you cooked the papers into? Also, the are people... Well, whatever. Okay. It's, I think in reality what it is is you can mail it to the person. Mm-hmm. So like, if we get like... The postman has a sign for a letter. If we refuse to, then like they won't deliver it. Or they can hire the police to bring it. And if like those don't work, and then they can hire a process server. Do process servers just have like a trunk full of costumes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and which sleeps. one am I today? If if we order a pizza and the pizza man's dressed as a cowboy, do not open the door. Yeah, because that is a process server. Yep, we were figured it out. Okay. <laughs> So what are we going to talk about today? Today, we're going to talk about personality disorders and more specifically, one personality disorder and more specifically, borderline personality disorder. (laughs) The old BPD. Old BPD. Classic. Do you have any questions about? So many. Okay, good. Let me just start by saying. Thank you for your service. I don't love when people say, what are you, a borderline? No, people don't say like that. They go. (laughs) I love it when people don't say i know i it, people say uh they're so borderline that person's so borderline who says that i don't know i've heard it before when in the world by who just people where um let's move on okay let's talk about borderline personality disorder where did it come from i have a question okay. why is it called that oh that's a good question uh, Let's start there. Okay, I'm going to start there, and then I'm going to backtrack to that. There's a couple of points on just what personality disorders are. Yeah, so I, I love want, when you talk about that. So I want to kind of give like the big picture of what personality disorders are, and then I want to narrow it down. But yeah, I want to look up where the name came from. I know it, but I don't want to screw it up because it's it's a kind of a cool. Is it the Madonna song? Is you a... just keep on pushing my love over the borderline. Oh yeah, I had no idea where you're going with that. I didn't realize that it was in that. The the term that was a good song by the way I liked it. Something in the way you love me set me free. It's the same song. The name comes from originally they thought it was a disorder that was on the border of Mexico and the United States. Mm -hmm, The Rio, Rio Grande. Mm -hmm. Did you know that the Alamo doesn't have a basement? Yeah, Pee Wee Herman told me. Mm -hmm. I like your tattoo. I can see it. Thank you. I love my tattoo. Yeah, you got a new tattoo this weekend. The color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. David Bowie. I, yeah, I love the blue. It actually completely matches the shirt I'm wearing right now. Okay, so... Okay, so it was on the border of neurosis and psychosis. Not quite psychotic, not quite full-blown anxiety, but like a blending of the two. It's it's not a good name for what the problem actually is. Because There's, I don't really see psychosis in it. Are there psychotic features? There are features. There are behaviors that don't seem to make sense and yeah. don't seem to be tied to reality. Okay. And that's a big part of the borderline personality disorder when we get into like actually what it is Mm -hmm. and so the psychosis is more just like the extremeness or like the irrationality or the the seemingly confusing choice of behaviors Mm. either way there's been proposed changes to the name but let's get into personality disorders first yeah i was gonna say because it has to yeah okay go go into do that so we as a species have been interested in personality and personality disorders forever Mm. and so the earliest study of personality disorders was actually in a book called uh, The Characters by the Greek philosopher Theophrastus. Theophrastus. 
T-H-E-O-P-H-R-A-S-T-U-S. In, uh, that's one name? That's one name. Well, that's a, He's like Cher or Bono. That's a mouthful. Theophrastus. Uh, somewhere around like 300 BC, he wrote this book called The, the Characters, which was about like the character types that you see. And then some were defined as like the suspicious man, which is almost a perfect one-to-one to like a paranoid personality disorder now. So we have this idea of like what personalities are mm-hmm. and what they're supposed to be, what's like a normal personality. And then this idea of like, what they're not or what they're disordered. Yeah. So it's, it's not a good term. Mm-hmm. A personality disorder is not a good term. Right. Yeah. It's kind of stigmatizing. It's too. very stigmatizing. The problem is, too, that people have this idea that your personality is stagnant and that it's not, it's not right. changing. Right. And so the idea, if you have a disordered personality, it means that you yourself, you're broken, you're broken you can't be fixed. Personality disorders are very tough to treat. Yeah. So a lot of it has to do it's with... pretty ingrained. It's very ingrained because a lot of it has to do with like a biological underpinning that like is coupled with a lot of environmental factors. And that, that, that'll come a lot more clear when we talk about like specifically borderline personality disorder. Cool. But so a personality disorder in general, it's a classification of disorder in which you have a rigid and unhealthy pattern of thinking or functioning or behaving. Lots of black and white thinking. So that's a really common feature, especially in, in the borderline personality disorder. But there's mm-hmm. usually some like a pervasive pattern. Mm-hmm. And the key is that it is not congruent to the environment. And so like a paranoid personality disorder, someone who has like chronically paranoid thinking, regardless of mm-hmm. where they are, who they're with. Or like a depressive personality disorder, someone who like has that chronic thought process of, of depression regardless of other I guess, things in the world. Yeah, and I guess maybe you'll clarify this because it's confusing to have a depressive personality disorder term when there's something called depression. Depression is a discrete period of time. But what is, well, so so oh, what, a better yeah. term than personality disorder is a coping disorder. Okay. So that I, I like that to explain this a lot easier and okay. better because you develop these things as a way to cope, to stay alive and to survive, mm-hmm. but it keeps you in distress. So like with a depressive personality disorder, it is a person who will routinely talk bad about themselves, routinely engage in looking depressed, acting depressed, acting and looking helpless mm. because that's how they get taken care of. Like they're getting reinforced for that. So it's it's not a discrete period of time where, oh, I'm depressed. No, I'm not depressed. Because when they're even not feeling depressed, they're still doing the behaviors that will contribute to it. One of the problems with personality disorders is that it's, it's so long standing in the person that often it's hard for someone to see that what they're doing is disordered. Because it's kind of like you're a fish in water. You don't realize that. Oh, an abnormal heart rate is detected. Uh oh, I'm getting okay. heated. Are you okay? Yeah, my heart rate just went up. I guess. Hey, so, so okay, so you're saying like it's unhealthy coping or mm-hmm. disordered coping. Does that mean that everyone who has a personality disorder grew up in an environment that has some like chaos or trauma or something? Often, uh, often that is a piece of it. There's usually some sort of biological precursor, and then that's coupled with being raised in a chaotic environment, a cold environment, a trauma- like a traumatic environment, and then it's like that coupling where the environment really shapes that predisposition for stuff cool let's talk about what bpd is so bpd borderline personality disorder oh really quick before i do that there are generally three clusters of personality disorders okay i say this only because sometimes people for shorthand will refer to like oh 
they're really cluster B or they're really cluster A. But that's old, right? It, it's old, but, but people still people use still that terminology. That, yeah. and so just for the sake of history, there's three clusters. Mm -hmm. Cluster A, odd eccentric disorders. So that would be a paranoid personality disorder, a schizoid, and a schizotypal personality disorders. Mm -hmm. So those are people that are really eccentric, really off. Robert Durst would really fit the category yeah. of like a, Ooh, a cluster A. Seen the the jinx. jinx. Yes, watch, watch the jinx. That is like a cluster schizoid a. personality disordered person mm -hmm, to, mm -hmm. to a T. Mm -hmm. uh, Different from schizophrenia. Yes, yes. Cluster B, dramatic or erratic disorders. So this is where you get narcissistic personality disorder. Mm -hmm. Histrionic personality disorder and borderline personality disorder. Uh, cluster C is the anxious or fear-filled disorders. So this would be avoidant personality disorder, mm -hmm. dependent personality disorder, mm. and obsessive-compulsive personality disorder. Would you say people who are dependent personality disordered are often called codependent? They would usually be in like a codependent relationship. I want to say that I think that codependent gets overused. Mm -hmm. We're like whatever. That would be a whole other episode. But yeah. so, so anyways. So what cluster? would you find BPD? In cluster B. Okay, so borderline personality disorder. I want to run through what the criteria is and I just want to talk about and where it comes from. Okay. What it looks like. I'm going to give a, a, a bit of an information about like what the treatment is, but I think that needs to be its own... Oh, I agree. ...own episode is how to treat personality disorder. DBT. Uh, yeah. DBT, BBD, the East Coast family. Mm-hmm. I am Wow, I'm a real... You're a real, real... singing Sally today. You're a real... Yeah, a song Susan, I was going to say. <laughs> you were... No. Oh. So these are the signs and symptoms of borderline personality disorder. Chronically feeling empty. Like hungry? Emotionally hungry. <laughs> okay. Like a wolf. Having emotions that shift very quickly. So for instance, like feeling really extreme sadness, really extreme anger or anxiety, really, really extreme joy, like just mm -hmm. moods that will fluctuate a lot. Mm -hmm. Being constantly afraid that people are going to leave you or yeah. feeling over reliant on other people. Mm -hmm. A history of unstable uh, uh, relationships. So get, like getting into really intense relationships that are chaotic mm -hmm. in nature. Engaging in risky or unhealthy behaviors like driving recklessly, unsafe sex, drug use, binging, stuff like Wait, that. Wait, you're reading them out. Like how many do you, like what's the diagnostic criteria? Like how many? There's, there's nine and I think you need five. For how long? I want to say for more than a couple of months. Let me look up the exact wording. Yeah. So typically there's a list of symptoms and it's like you have to have X number of symptoms for X period of time to be diagnosed with it. So that's mm. why I ask. So from the DSM-5, there mm. are nine criteria. You need five. Wow. In the ICD-10, which is a different way to diagnose. But pretty aligned. Pretty aligned, but with, they break up. They do call it emotion emotionally unstable personality disorder oh, really? in the ICD-10. Hmm. And so from there, there's the impulsive type, which you need three criteria from. And then there's the, the borderline type, which you need an additional two to get. So it's still five, but they break it up. So hmm. if you have like a lower lower intensity, you would meet from the ICD-10, just because that one's m more accessible. Uh, a marked tendency to act unexpectedly and without consideration for the consequences. So acting impulsively. A marked tendency to engage in quarrelsome behavior or have conflict with others. Prone to extreme anger or an inability to control your behaviors. Uh, a difficulty maintaining the a course of action that offers no immediate reward. Unstable or capricious mood. Uh, disturbances in self-image. Unstable relationships. Uh, excessive efforts to avoid abandonment, recurrent threats or acts of self-harm, feeling mm -hmm. feeling empty. I think that's the classic one that people think about. Like, yep. Yeah. yeah. So, so with, with borderline personality disorder, that's a really, really common one. Actually, among all completed suicides, something like 38% of those people 
on like a, a psychological autopsy would meet criteria for a borderline personality a disorder. Psychological autopsy. That's like, they're actually really, really cool. So basically, when there is like a suicide, they like do like uh, a post uh, mortem on the person and their behaviors and like mm. what led up to it, and they try to like make diagnoses from. Wow, that is that's crazy. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, it's really yeah. When I was in high school, there was this guy, this couple. And uh, they used to like break up a lot and get back together, break up and get back together. That sounds cool. Okay, so they would break up, get back together, break up, get back. Um, and then finally, when the guy, no, the girl broke up with the guy for seemingly the last time, it was like this is it, this is really the end. He showed up on her front doorstep and slit his wrist. Jesus Christ! Yeah, man, young love, am I right? Mm. That is fucking awful. That is, that is borderline behavior. That is borderline AF. Hmm. I like, will don't s- leave me, I'll kill myself. Yes, yes. That is that is like a classic borderline thing. And that's actually, so that is a great example of where, what I what I meant by it's a coping disorder. Someone with a borderline personality disorder gets really easily reinforced. If they make... By a, attention. They, they Well, they get reinforced by not b- being left alone. Like Right, they love attention. Yes. Like, so if I'm, if I'm afraid you're going to leave me and I'm like trying to like... I'm being really nice or I'm giving you things and then like I get really upset and I say oh, I'm gonna kill myself and you're like oh I'm, I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm not gonna leave I'm like okay that's that's the right, code right, now right. so exactly um so anyways where does this all come from there's there's a two-fold problem that leads someone to develop a borderline personality disorder the first layer is a biological emotion dysregulation yeah so what's the heritability rate it's it's high but not high enough to say that that's the only 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 layers there is a an element of heritability i don't have the number i'm gonna look it up look it up from this emotion dysregulation element a way to think about this is a person who their emotions are much more strong than other people's and so for you or for me let's say a person walks into the house and is like hey some free ice cream and we're like oh sweet free ice cream we are like a three out of ten What's that face? Um, it's really high. High heritability? Yeah. Um, 37 to 69%. Mm, okay. Say so it is high. So there is a big biological component to this. So we would be like a three out of 10. Like, oh, cool. That's great. Someone with a more emotion dysregulation, it's it's an all or nothing type thing. So they're either like zero flat or it's like a 10. Like, mm-hmm. oh, fucking right. Ice cream. This is the best thing in the world. Much like if a person hit our car in the parking lot, we like we get upset. But someone with like a borderline personality disorder is much more likely to get like much more extremely excited. Just really like an emotional reactivity standpoint. Like me on PMS. Yes, like you for the bulk of this afternoon. God, that would be an awful way to live. Yes. So the problem is both in how much emotion your brain gives you to a stimuli, as well as your brain's difficulty to then rein it back in. That causes problems where we can't inhibit bad moods. So like we like a person with a brain with a disorder has a hard time to just like inhibit feeling sad mm-hmm. feeling angry like it's, it's all encompassing so you're like all things all the time yeah it's also a difficulty to like get your behaviors in order to do a goal outside of whatever your current mood is mm-hmm. so like if i'm sad i can still like go to work brush my teeth get my stuff done but like the emotions are so intense and so mm-hmm. long lasting that that goal doesn't matter until that that mood goes away so you're, you feel very controlled by your mood wait i'm gonna order dinner really quick <laughs> All right, we're back after ordering some food from Ella's. Remember when you used to go on a website and it would just start playing music? Oh, my God. Like the Ella's website does now? That is early 2000s. That's just wrong. If you're a, if you're a website maker out there, don't do that. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to do that. Don't do that, y'all. So anyways, what we were saying, the precursor is stronger emotional reactivity coupled with a difficulty to just wield your mood. So strong moods that last a lot longer than the typical person's Are you easily set off by your environment too? Yeah. So you're really emotionally reactive. You might say an external locus of control? Yes. So with this, one thing to know is that Borderline personality disorder is often misdiagnosed as mm-hmm. bipolar disorder. Uh-huh. Because with Tell the, me about it. Yes. With these moods, it looks like you're going through mania. Mm-hmm. And and so they'll be like, so often I'll hear from people like, oh, I'm bipolar, but like I rapid cycle. I'll, 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 I'll become manic like three or four times a day. That's not bipolar disorder. That's much more likely to be a borderline personality disorder mm-hmm. because that is more an uh, emotional driven thing. When, when mania happens, it's like a, a, a chunk. It's like a block of days where you're not sleeping a lot. You're more goal-directed and things like that. It wouldn't be I could also a 10-minute yeah, manic spark. And I could imagine like the difference too between the two disorders is that you're like, we, we might talk about this, but your relationships with people would be a lot less stable in borderline. Yeah, and that's why that's a, that's a criteria is having really unstable relationships, right. unstable friendships, and things. Like, yeah. So like very transient friends, yeah, um, high burnout through people. Mm-hmm. So one big thing is because these emotions are so chaotic, it leads to problematic behaviors that are all trying to serve avoidance or escape from those emotions. Okay, and so often to their own detriment. So a, a good example, let's say a client is really really angry. They get into a fight with their partner. They get furious over it. And so they need to get rid of that emotion. Usual coping probably won't work because the emotion is so intense. So they, they cut themselves, which does have like a, an impact on your brain. It, it's weirdly like calming. Yeah. And if you just to be clear, though, if you cut, if that's a it, people who cut themselves aren't always borderline personality. Right. Disorder. No, no, it's not. It's not a guarantee. You're right. You're a borderline personality disorder, but it is a common feature because uh, it is uh, a really strong response to the emotion. And it does result in you getting a lot of feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Both feedback in your environment, but also like a chemical feedback. Like, yeah. like it, what, yeah. This person might cut, the anger goes down. And so they're like, oh, this works. This is reinforcing. But then it's replaced with shame because now they're like, they're not mad anymore and they see the results of what they did. And so they're likely to do another another type of behavior to get rid of the shame and they're kind of like chasing mm. away emotions replacing with other problematic ones that's one layer but people that like, like you're saying people that match this they don't always become or always develop a borderline personality disorder let me ask you just so that people have a visual mm-hmm. something to latch on to what am i wearing um what are you wearing on the bottom nothing i'm wearing track pants okay like a, a russian gangster <laughs> uh what is a like what type of what movie or what representation in popular culture can people latch on to can people for this to be accurate um no yeah but girl interrupted the uh, angelina jolie character Mm -hmm. yeah um also sylvia platt the bell jar is actually a really good unintentional demonstration was it i was it borderline Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that was borderline. Yeah, and the the, the book that Bell Jar is that actually, is a great book, and it's a great example of just like the life and the experience of being a borderline person. Did she kill herself person. by putting her head in the oven? Mm-hmm. She was in a very very abusive relationship with her husband. Wasn't and, he also a writer, famous mm-hmm. writer? Yeah, he was a poet. Mm-hmm. He was an asshole too. Did he know it? 
<laughs> he probably did. He probably told everyone. That so that's also a good demonstration of what also, it would look like. Also, um what's that movie where she cooks a rabbit? She kills a rabbit and cooks it. And wait. Winter's Bone? <laughs> no. It's an older movie and it's like I hate you don't leave me. Oh. But that's not. I'm gonna look it up because I think that is. I think that's the name of a book about. Uh, it is. It is. I hate you. Don't leave. It me. is. The, that's not what I'm thinking of. Um, Fatal Attraction. No, Fatal Attraction. That's what it was. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Michael Douglas and Glenn Close. That was an 1887 movie, but that oh, was Glenn Gary Glenn Close. <laughs> that was a uh, terrifying movie. Yeah. I just found an article from the Mighty. That is six movies that got borderline personality disorder symptoms mostly right. I want, why does it make you hit continue reading? Like, of course I do. Oh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah. The Kate Winslet character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's good. I forgot about That's a good movie. It is a good movie. Um, Girl Interrupted. Mm -hmm. You already said. Oh, Silver Linings Playbook. Which yes. is a great movie. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Jennifer Lawrence's character. Mm -hmm. I think she says it in the movie that she's a part yeah. of the Sunday disorder. And it, it was accurate. Much like, um, Ooh. His demonstration of bipolar seemed mostly really accurate too. You're going to like this I or not. So. Star Wars episodes two and three. They're saying Anakin Skywalker. Oh, absolutely. Mm. He is he is dude borderline AF. So well, I'm going to go watch both of those um, right now. Some mental health professionals use this as an explanation for BPD. Like if they're trying to get people to understand it. Yeah. Um, they make them watch the worst Star Wars movie ever made, Episode Two. Well, I don't know. I don't get that joke, but it's not, not a joke. It's just a statement. And then Fatal Attraction, and that's it. Okay, so cool. So that's cool. A good jump into popular culture. So the next layer of this, because like I said, people with this emotional dysregulation don't always develop a borderline personality disorder. The second layer, the crux of all of this, is an invalidating environment. Mm. Um, there are. Three primary characteristics of an invalidating environment. The first one is the environment indiscriminately rejects communication of private experiences. Mm -hmm. So this might be if you're walking around quiet and I say, you're angry. You're, you're not admitting it, but you're angry. I'm, hmm. I'm telling you what you're feeling. Or this might be something like you say, oh, I'm hungry. We should order food. I'm like, you can't be hungry. You just ate. Like, like I'm telling you what you're feeling, okay. but I can't see is wrong. Okay. The other one is invalidating environment may punish emotional displays and intermittently reinforce emotional escalation. Okay. So it might be if um, if our friend gets dumped and we're like, oh, just get over it. Like, it's, yeah. not, it's not that big of a deal. Which is like pretty common. Yeah, yeah. For it, parents and well, for society. Yeah, uh, they say, oh, don't feel sad. Don't feel that way. Like, you're, you're basically being told you're not supposed to be feeling how you're mm -hmm, feeling. Mm -hmm. The problem with that one is, so let's say again in this example... We have a friend, they break up with someone and then we're like, nope, not a big deal. You're not feeling that way, blah, blah, blah. And then they get really depressed. And then three weeks later, they jump out of a window. Like there's like a suicide attempt. And now all of a sudden everyone is coming and giving the support that they want. So you're like, you're, you're punishing or ignoring the low level emotions. Oh, okay. And only responding to the... The high level ones. Ooh. And so someone with a borderline personality disorder, over time, they learn emotions mm -hmm. that, that's, are, that's interesting. that range one to eight... Yeah. Don't matter. Right. You have to be a nine or higher to get a reaction. So if 
I mm. am, hmm. if I'm mad that you do something, I'm not going to like say, oh, I'm feeling kind of angry right now. I'm going to smash something and get really loud because I know that nothing less than that will get a response. It's interesting because there's a person in my life that's really, really, that I'm really, really close to who is has been diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. And I just cannot stop thinking of them, as you say, every part of this. Mm-hmm. It's right on, brother. The last quality of an invalidating environment is oversimplifying the solution to a problem. So they're like, oh, I can't get this. This is dumb. It's like, oh, it's easy. Just do this. Oh, so it's like it's diminishing that how difficult a thing might be or the learning process. It's that assumption you should just know something. So here's a way to think about how these things come together. Let's say you're a child and you are, you're very emotional. When, when, Something good happens, you feel it. Wah, wah. Yeah, perfect. I'm a baby. You're a baby. Let's say you're a little bit older of a child. Okay. Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> Once, <laughs> when something good happens, you feel amazing. When something bad happens, you get upset and you 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 cry when sad things happen. You get really anxious when scary things happen. From the parents' point of view, you seem to be really hamming it up. Mm. So it's like. Rhea, really Mia hamming it up. Mia hamming it up. You're, she wasn't the one that took John hamming it up. John hamming it up with his big old hog. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, John Ham. those pants. Yeah, you know he's hiding something. Yeah. He's smuggling it. Yes. Um, so let's say you're a parent, you have two kids, and you bring home a puppy, and one kid's like, oh my God, I love a puppy. This is great. And the other one's like, holy fucking shit, a puppy. And going nuts. Mm. And you're like, calm down. Like, it's not that amazing. Yeah. Like, so that's the invalidating element is no that's not important that's that's not that big like calm down don't feel that way so like in a perfect world that kind of kid would get a parent who's like i know isn't it so exciting yeah it's great you're feeling really happy right like yeah so all these emotions are private experiences i can't see what you're feeling i have to take your word for it someone who is feeling something very extreme and then is told hey no you don't feel that way Mm -hmm. it's horribly confusing so actually so you're already a person who maybe feels extremes you feel extremes and then your temperament and then you're told you're not feeling that way or like it's too much or it's too much that's wrong and so what they do is they they learn to not trust their own emotional experiences and so they rely on other people to tell them how they're feeling which is that feeling empty inside, but also that, f- that fear of leaving people. Because if yeah. you're not here to tell me how I'm feeling, I don't know how I'm feeling and my life is mm. chaos. And so I need you, but I don't like that I need you. So I actually hate you, but don't leave because I need you. Hmm. And so it's that that feeling of the desperation because you need other people. Can I ask, um, do you know, I don't know, if, do you know what the rate is, the, how many people have this who are diagnosed with it? Look it up. Look it up, Diana. So it's three Look. million. It's about one percent. One percent. Um. Also, is it? I wonder what the rate is in other countries, other cultures. Mm, what do you think is the most borderline country? Us. Probably number one. No, no, yeah, so no. It's things. not Canada. They're yeah. just, they're just humble. Also, like, it's interesting to think about like cultures that are more dependent. Mm-hmm. Like, like f- family stays together. We're like dependent on each other. Blah yeah. blah. Like we're so like. You're, you need to be independent. You need to be... You need to get out of this nest. Um, then you need to call them every week. Well, there's one thing I want to ask about for sure, but how much more... Well, only only one more I, I, I feel like I have to say. Okay. There is a really high 
rate of childhood sexual abuse mm. that is common among people that eventually develop a borderline personality disorder. <laughs> it's, it's not a, for one, it's not a guarantee that if this abuse happens, you will develop a personality disorder. And it's not a guarantee that if you have the, the disorder, you at one point had this abuse. It's just, it's just a higher tendency. Yeah. So one of the theories is like, like, where does that emotional reactivity come from? One is that it's just like, it's your genes. You're just born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's from your shampoo. But this other one is that you're in, if you are exposed to this specific type of abuse when you're a child while your brain is still developing and it's confusing and it's involving sex and it's trauma and it's with your family and usually it's like just the rate of childhood abuse like that. It's usually someone that you know and trust, like the higher rate of that. Mm-hmm. So one, one theory is that like th- this contributes to your brain developing in a different way. And you're already learning. This is your things. brain. This is this your brain. brain on sexual abuse. Yeah, this is your brain getting molested. It's really sad. It's really sad. <laughs> That's a really sad thing. Don't to say. make that commercial. Don't and don't even think that. Don't make that omelet. So that so that that is why that is one contributing factor because you're in. You're, like, but it's not a one to one correlation. No, no, it's, it's not perfect. I'm saying I wanted to say because there is a high rate of it, but I wanted to make clear it's not a one to one. It's not like you have to have it and it had to have happened because I there. This is also where uh, when we we're talking about like people spontaneously recovering uh, memories mm-hmm. oftentimes they were people with borderline personality disorders therapists knowing oh there's a high oh, rate of, of abuse they're really vulnerable yeah so they're like oh no no, you are you sure you weren't molested because it, like it's really common with people with your problems and then someone who has a borderline personality disorder and like wants to feel like they're doing the right thing is more susceptible to say like yeah, yeah, it must have it must have happened. And to the point where they actually end up believing it because they're like, yeah, there must be something. It's it doesn't always have to be that way. I want to ask about the rate in males versus females. Men, well, I want to say men with BPD are more likely to dis- demonstrate explosive temperaments coupled with high levels of novelty seeking. Mm-hmm. And men with BPD are more likely to evidence substance abuse yep. whereas women with BPD are more likely to evidence eating mood, anxiety, and PTSD disorders, post-traumatic stress disorders. It's three to one, female to male. Yeah. Male borderlines are super tough. They're all, it's all difficult, but like you don't see it as often. And so when you do see it, like they're like. A famous male with borderline is. David Beckham. No. No, he has OCD. He had OCD. You know what I'm talking about. Pete. Oh, Pete Davidson. Yeah. He's very open about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, he's super open about it. And when it. you like. I gotta, What's up, Pete? And I know you're listening. Pete? Yeah, and when, like he he's he's open. He's said like this is my diagnosis. I'm getting uh, yeah, dialectic behavior is therapy. Struggling. Yeah, and that's kind of the sad thing is you can see these struggles, and but it's also like really fame erratic. is probably not good for. Oh, it's not a good thing for him. Yeah, you just you yeah. yeah you you always have a well to go to. Yeah, yeah. That is in a nutshell, just like what a borderline personality disorder is. It, there's an emotion dysregulation component coupled with this environment that basically teaches the person to not trust their emotions and so when you don't trust your emotions they are very scary and chaotic and so it's difficult to just know how to cope with it and so yeah, and and i feel like being a person who has been around a someone with this with bpd it's very volatile it yeah. feels a lot like walking on eggshells Mm-hmm. And and that's how it, it's unpredictable. And that's probably how they feel about themselves. Yeah, it's it's kind of awful. There's high burnout in yeah friends and family for sure. This is also why therapists often don't want to treat borderline personality disorder. Mm-hmm. I, I I personally love treating borderline personality disorder, but that was part of the reason why I got into it is because it was like a population that had a high need, but people 
were unwilling to treat it. Well, and often therapists will not have a full caseload of yeah. BPD patients because that would like wreck you. There is actually the treatment when we talk about it next time, the treatment for Brown Percent Disorder is called dialectic behavior therapy. Mm-hmm. One of the requirements is that there is a guideline for how many you have in your caseload. Yeah. And like not having them out. on the same day. And also if you're doing proper DBT, you are meeting with other DBT therapists weekly to mm-hmm. like decompress yeah. and conceptualize because it, it is tough. And, and, and it, it is scary to treat because there is that high rate of self-injury and a high rate of suicide. The two disorders that are the most lethal are this and anorexia. Like those, hmm. those are two disorders where like there's a high risk that your patient's going to die while you're trying to mm. treat them. And it's so awful. it's awful. But the nice thing is that the treatment is extremely effective. And when, when we meet up next time, I want to like just go through what the treatment well, looks we'll like. We'll have a break between. Well, let me ask you this yeah, well, before. Is there a female um, famous person that you can think of that has BPD? That or oh, like, probably. You know, I hate to I, even say this is Britney Spears? I don't, I don't, I don't know enough details about her life. Mm. I feel like she was, she just had like a breakdown, a, a break, like a. a legit I bet Lindsay breakdown. Lohan is. Lindsay Lohan has a lot of those features. She, she's very chaotic. sorry. Wait, we are not supposed to do this. Yeah, we're not supposed to do this. <gasps> uh oh. So Goldwater, come get us. Goldschlager e- rule. Email us, now Barry. We have to take a shot of Goldschlager. <laughs> oh yeah, we take a shot every time we break an, an ethical code. I also want to say that next week. We're going to have, well, it's planning. Our Super it's Bowl a Super special. Bowl special. Yeah, because we, we know you guys love sports and you're all the Jockos and Rockos. We're going to have our friend, our neuropsych friend next week. So the, so, what, this, <laughs> like, okay. The, He's going to come and diagnose you. The Wednesday before Super Bowl is going to be our head trauma CTE episode. Yeah. So I'm super excited. If you have CTE, stay tuned and find out what it is. <laughs> well, I think that our friend would say it's you not don't a thing. Have it. Yeah, good news. You don't have it. Which will be interesting because everything I know about it, which is not very much and only informed by media, I'll be honest, is that it is a thing. So I'm excited to have Dr. Joel on. Big joy. Anything, any closing thoughts? I think you did a really good job. Oh, thank you. I love this topic and it's, I'm excited to go back into it because there, there is, there's a lot to it. And I think because of people's reluctance and anxiety around it, it's not well understood. Sure. And I think when you understand what's going on, because it's, it's hard, the behaviors that are demonstrated by someone who are, is struggling with BPD, they're difficult. And oftentimes they feel like personal attacks against you. Or, or you're like, why are you doing this? This, is, this doesn't make sense. Which is that like a psychosis element to it. It's mm. like, why are you doing that? You know, that's not the right thing to do. Like you are like, you're crazy. But when you understand the background, the biological elements to it, the environmental elements to it. And when you like understand what, like what the treatment looks like, it is a very like, it's a very rewarding treatment to do. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking about it. So that's that closing thought. Uh, other points, we saw people getting their Dianetics red or whatever you call <laughs> it at, at a farmer's market today. I can't today. believe they like still wrote people in. So we're going to open up our own booth at the farmer's market called Dianetics is Bullshit. And then we're just going to... Yeah, we're going to have our own like IQ test tent next to yeah. it. And it'll be a real IQ test. Yeah. It'll be like, sorry, you, you got to give us like two hours. Yeah. It's a real Stay test. Tuned. We should open up a booth next to it where we put Phaetons back into you. <laughs> 
Or we can be like, we will remove your alien ghosts faster and more effectively. I wanted to say too, we got a really sweet message from a listener um, asking about finding a therapist that she wanted to find a therapist. She's asking for advice. Advice A, go back to our finding a therapist episode. Yeah. Advice B, go to contextualscience.org. Yeah, that's a great place to find acceptance and commitment-based therapists, which, yeah. is, which is a style that Dr. Diane and I really love. We will definitely be doing an episode coming up on that, on ACT. Yeah, and then finally, I said to this person, when I go through psychology today, I just look at the faces of people and decide if yeah. I want them to want to look at them for an hour a week or not. That's pretty much my, <laughs> my scientific approach to finding a therapist. Yeah, that is science. All right, so we're good. Right. Yeah, gotta I, eat. I think starving. I, th- I think we're done here. I ate peanuts on an empty stomach. You it did. Is time to Go take to care of that situation. Go to the bathroom. <laughs> All right, love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. I'm seeing two of them on Facebook. Oh, we're just going to listen to an episode. We should do a commentary episode where people can see what it's like for us to listen to our own podcast.